Blog Talk Radio. The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the host and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. is January Jones. She is not a young, beautiful, talented actress on Mad Men. She is not an older, gorgeous, exotic dancer from the Johnny Carson Show. She is an author, and she wrote, Thou Shall Not Wine, the 11th Commandment, that reached number one at Amazon.com. She is a reality TV golf personality with World High Stakes Golf televised on HDNet. She is a humorist and winologist expert. She is your featured host today on January Jones Sharing Success Stories. So sit back, relax, and get ready to laugh and listen to Ms. Jones with her eclectic roster of guests as you learn life's lessons. These stories plus sharing equals success. Welcome and remember, beware because you are entering the no-whining world of January Jones. Hello, everyone. I hope you're having a wonderful day. I'm January Jones, and I'd like to invite you to our podcast today. As you see, I'm going with my new brand, wearing a glitter granny hat every week, a different color, Today, the color is brown. That's the color of the day. These hats are fun, and in life, as we all know, at different times, we all wear different hats. Some are fun, and some are difficult. Some are sad. It just depends on what mood we're in. As we begin the show, you know my mantra. It is to ask good questions and hope to get good answers, and I think we're going to have that today. For my listeners, let me ask you a question. Have you ever looked at your adorable pet and thought to yourself, I wonder if they'd be a good therapy dog? I know I have. Are you ready to discover the how, what, and why of pet therapy? Are you looking for a roadmap that will help you explore pet therapy? Would you like to meet someone who has done it and even written the book about it? (laughs) Have you ever heard about a wonderful book called A Tale of Love? Tale, T-A-I-L. Oh, I get it. (laughs) If you can answer yes or maybe to any of these questions, then you're in the right place. And I'd like to welcome you to January Jones Sharing Success Stories. Now it's time, rest, relax, go take some, get some cheese, get some wine, take some time out for yourself today and join us in the no wine zone. Let me tell you a little bit about my guest today. He is the owner of an investment firm located in Johnson City, Tennessee. Shortly after arriving in Johnson City from New York, he was informed about a pet therapy program at a local children's hospital in the area. 
Knowing his dog Scrappy would be a perfect therapy dog. Now, isn't that a great name? <laughs> they enrolled together, trained, and became certified. And Scrappy quickly became a rock star in the hospital. For eight years, they were a pet therapy team. Together, they visited with over 2,000 children and their families. Unfortunately, sadly, Scrappy passed away in 2019. It was then that my guest turned to writing to heal himself and to provide some self-therapy. Two years later, A Tale of Love, Life Lessons from Scrappy, a Pet Therapy Dog, was published. Today, it has won many awards, including the Ben Franklin Award, which is very prestigious. It's my pleasure to welcome to our podcast today, Larry Grogan. Hi, Larry. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's wonderful to have you. I've been looking forward to having you. Um, let's see. Now, before we go into our, our podcast, just briefly, could you uh, fill me in on how the pandemic has affected you and um, what things you have done to get through it? Well, for me, I work in my home anyway, so from a work perspective, it didn't present any unique challenges. Okay. Obviously, it's just created that isolation that we all had to deal with. You know, it reduced our ability to to travel and visit with friends and and do the socialization that we all love to um, take part of and enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, everyone has done different things. Now, the fact that you worked at home was probably quite an advantage for you when this came upon us. Um, now, when the pandemic came, did that affect pet therapy? Did that limit the uh, your ability for animals to connect with families and children? It did. Um, unfortunately. Everything shut down, you know, so even hospitals were shut down to visit, and that, of course, meant that therapy was no longer admitted at the, at the hospital, as well as any other facility, whether it's a nursing home, a school, or whatever the case might be. So when things, when the facility shut down, it shut down all those programs that made life more enjoyable for those that had to stay in those facilities. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, fortunately, we're back on track, aren't we? And you're, this is continuing, and people are able to visit. Now, do um, the, you still have to, do they still have to wear a mask when they go to older places for older people? In the hospitals, masks are, are required. Okay. Um, nursing homes, it depends on the location and what their specific um, requirements are. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're in pet therapy, you need to be prepared for that. Yes. Okay. When you think about pet therapy, I know nothing about it. I'm interested in it, like most people who have pets. How did you, who did you hear about it from? Who told you about it? I heard from one of my neighbors who had a dog that had previously been involved in pet therapy, and it, it just interested me. And when I did the research, I learned that the children's hospital where I live mm-hmm. offered pet training. And so we signed up and went through the training program. Oh, my gosh. Now, well, now what kind of dog was Scrappy? 
Scrappy was five pounds of <laughs> toy poodle chihuahua mix. Uh, she's absolutely beautiful. That's a little portrait of her over my shoulder the other way. Okay, yeah. During the break, I want you to take that down and bring it up closer so we can I see will. the camera. Yeah. But, wow. uh, yeah, it was a tiny little dog, full of life, loved to be around other animals, loved to be around people. And when we went to training, the very first day, her best buddy was a great day. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So they would sit next to each other. So you had you know, tiny little stag, then you had the tall great dane right next to her. Okay. So that's good news for all our listeners because it doesn't matter what kind of dog you have or what size they they are. Now, in order to get into pet training, did you have to take a, a an interview or fill out forms? How does that how does it begin the process? The process is very simple. You show up number one with a group of you know, how many other people are participating. And really the first part of the process is just an evaluation of the dog. Okay. Does the dog have the temperament okay. and, and the friendliness along with the other animals in the room and with the people? That's really the very first, it's just to evaluate the temperament of your dog. Okay. And then from there, you just go into basic obedience training. There wasn't really anything difficult. It just took effort and it took time. Now, they would throw in some unusual aspects of training. Mm -hmm. uh, so, for example, one of the things that they want to make sure happens is that your dog and you, for example, do not overreact to loud noises. Oh, so, okay. they would walk behind us banging pots and pans. Mm -hmm. You know, just a sudden loud noise. And I never saw a dog Overreact. Now I overreacted. I mean, it scared me because they were right <laughs> behind me. But the dogs never overreacted to any. They were focused. What they were trying to do and what they were trying to accomplish. And you know, probably the first thing that they did in training was they put a hot dog in the middle of the floor. Okay. And one of the requirements was you had to walk within a few feet of that hot dog and not have your dog lunge for it or try to get it. And so mm -hmm. as you're going by, one of the things they teach is just hold the leash a little bit tighter, uh -huh. leave it, leave it, leave it, and just keep walking by. Okay. Just do not give yourself that opportunity or your dog the opportunity to stop and even smell it. Just keep moving right by. Okay. Now, uh, let me ask you, how old was Scrappy when you signed up for this program? It was four at the time. Most of the dogs want to be at least two years or older. Okay. So they kind of get the puppiness out of them by that stage. They're mm -hmm. a little bit more mature. They hopefully have been socialized um, in a variety of different ways and have those life experiences that always help us all. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Socializing puppies is so important. Like you, we lost our beloved dog. And uh, of course, like most people, we just were devastated, heartbroken. At that time, we thought, oh, we'll never get another dog. We just couldn't take the pain of loss. 
But then we realized really quickly that we actually couldn't live without a dog. <laughs> so there we were, uh, well, close to within a month, we were there with a puppy. <laughs> right. I thought, oh my gosh, what have we gotten into? But no, now that I look back, it was just the right thing for us to do. And I know it's a different thing for different people. Um, how long does the uh, how long does the training take when you would want to do this? Our training took six weeks. Six weeks. Six weeks, and so you go through the training, and then you have a test at the end, and then you submit all your paperwork, your vets uh, documents, and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And then, depending on where you want to go, there may be some additional requirements. So, for example, Scrappy and I knew that we want to go to the children's hospital. Uh-huh. Well, they had to do a background check on me okay. to make sure that there wasn't anything unusual in my background. But okay. for nursing homes and schools and other locations, most of them do not have those kind of requirements. But the most important thing to keep in mind through the training is that you are a team. So not only is your dog being evaluated, but you're being evaluated as a handler to make sure that you're keeping your animal under control at all times. Wow. I'm very excited about having you on the show and sharing this with our listeners. I'm also very excited to share my book, Thou Shalt Not Wine, The 11th Commandment. 